On this episode of The Playbook, I have Tommy Rodriguez. He is the founder and CEO of Automation Empire. And we're going to talk about the next great Amazon empire. Join me for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I am so excited all the way from the other coast. My friend, Tommy Rodriguez here, CEO, founder of Automation Empire. Tommy, welcome to the playbook. I appreciate you having me. It's an honor to be here, man. It's so it truly exciting. is. Well, very cool. Well, you know, you and I didn't grow up in the easiest time or place. Of course. And I always tell people it's a huge advantage. In fact, when I speak, I tell people who here grew up poor and half the audience raises their hand. I'm like, I feel sorry for the rest of you. But one of the things beyond having that kind of basement to start at, nothing to lose, is also our perspective of looking for opportunities. I find a lot of people that grow up with more don't see the opportunities in situations that other people do. And I think Automation Empire is an indication that you're looking for opportunities to make money, help people, and have fun with. Correct. Where did that aspect of your perspective come from? So I've been an entrepreneur now for about nine years. And, you know, I, I watched my mom struggle and growing up. Uh, my mother actually kicked me out when I was 17 because I was homeless, uh, not homeless, but I was getting in trouble with the law. She's like, look, you're going to have to grow up and learn how to be a man. So living in Boston at that time, you know, it was, it was really cold outside. I had to learn how to defend for myself and figure out, figure this out as I went. Um, and the motivation that you have, at least for me, starting from you know, not, not having anything, just again, like you said, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And people who obviously grow up and they, they might have everything already handed to them on a, on a silver platter, they don't understand the work that has to go behind the scenes to become something great. You know, obviously I don't blame some of them because that's just might be their situation. But for me, coming from, you know, where I'm at, it's been nine years now in the making. And to be honest, I... I just took this day by day nine years ago and I knew that I would get somewhere. I just didn't know how long it would take or when I would actually achieve it. And, uh, you know, here I am now, nine years later and beyond grateful for what I'm able to do for myself, able to do for my clients. And uh, it's just it's a, it's a great feeling. And through that nine year journey, you know, a lot of people don't mind hard, especially coming from Boston. Yeah. Uh, but they do mind long. Were you ever impatient because you have mm -hmm. unlike a lot of entrepreneurs a lot more patience uh, than a lot of young entrepreneurs have uh were there times though to give people perspective that yes you were going to throw in the towel or you made another mistake and you're like oh this is it i just gotta give up okay so when i first got started my journey uh i really had to read books I had to watch YouTube videos, Eric Thomas, Jim Ron, uh, Bob Proctor. I, I had to start listening to them to develop my mindset uh, because- And who, who told you, like someone told me when I was young, here's Think and Grow Rich, right? Napoleon Hill. Yeah. Every time I read this, I'm gonna make it. And then Bob Proctor is another guy, uh, you know, I'm a little older, he's even yeah, a little yeah. older than that. Les Brown, these guys. But who motivated you to say, hey man, you gotta get your shit straight. Read the, surround yourself with the right people, yeah. the right ideas. 
So when I first got started, I, I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't, I, 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 I didn't really feel like I had a lot of the money to invest in somebody. So I think my biggest motivation was myself and the fact that I had a kid on the way and I was sick of seeing my bank account negative, you know, all the time. Or when I did have a job, I was, it, you know, people say paycheck to paycheck. I was paycheck to two days before paycheck. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've been there. So the fact is that, you know, when your back is against the wall, you obviously have no choice. You can, you can just bundle up and do nothing or you can just work as hard as you can to obviously get out of that situation. So yes, absolutely. There was so many times where in the beginning, I wanted to smash my laptop, break my laptop, throw it in. Hell, even a few times in the beginning, I did go out and fill out job applications in my first six months to you know, eight months as an entrepreneur. Once they would call me though, like I would be in better mindset and a better headspace to the point where I was like, never mind, I don't need it anymore and I wanna try to figure this thing out. And I'm truly happy and truly grateful I did because like I've been able to break some of my family's curses of the poverty and all the BS that, uh, you know, that they had to deal with to where I'm at. So absolutely, you have to fail in order to get to success. You know, it's so interesting. You talk about family curses and I talk about unconscious competencies of these quantum personality traits, yeah. obsessions, addictions. And we do take on when things go wrong. Well, you know, that's my dad, my grandpa, my great grandpa. This yeah. is the way we, and it can be addictions too, of course. Uh, that people take on, you know, in breaking the family curses, breaking this chain of behavior, you know, what do you think one of the key uh, characteristics or habits that you created helped you break that chain? The fact is that I, again, more, and a lot of people obviously use the kids as their motivation they they have every right to right and yeah. a lot of people obviously being honest and truthful about that for me it was just my my father wasn't around like i haven't seen him in years uh, damn you know where it was didn't have any communication with them um and i saw my mom struggling growing up you know for christmas she would get me the one good gift that i really wanted other little things here and there it still meant a lot to me back then for her to obviously try to go out of her way so for me it was just the fact that I knew that sink or swim, mm -hmm. you know, I, I had, to, I had to try to figure this out. And again, I saw other people making money. I went to events. Uh, I've seen people making, you know, 50 K a hundred K a month. And I was like, I couldn't grasp that, you know, cause I'm used to making 20 K a year at a job. So when you're surrounding yourself by people who make 20 K a year at a job, it's easy to see, okay, I can make 22, 23 K a year. You're making got people who are making 20 K a week, 20 K a month. It's, it seems more unrealistic because it's beyond your thinking. Um, so the fact is that I, I just had to use my kid, uh, my daughter back then as my pure motivation for me to kick the habit, to be able to try to progress and do something in life. It, I'll tell you right now, it wasn't, e it wasn't easy. It was easy. Everybody would do it and yeah. everybody would figure out. I mean, automation, you know, that you're in right now, uh, it's available for everyone. They could call you right now and create a store and Absolutely. you can help them make 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month. Anyone. Of course. Anyone out there. In, so you a few know, countries that are very selective, like Africa and- But in America. Costa Rica, yeah. But, but in America, you know, because look, there is a large percentage of people that are sitting there that are just like you. They're yeah. sitting there at a job that they hate or a job they just lost and or a job they don't want and going, well, I want to be like Tommy. <laughs> and the only thing that's stopping them is reaching out to you to teach them the directions to get to where you are today. I have a quick question though. You know, with the success that you've had, 
How has your relationship with your mom changed? I feel like it's a catch-22, right? Um, because my mom has seen the level of success and just even a year or two years ago, I bought her a brand new car. She was, you know, driving some beat up clunker that literally broke down every single aspect. So I went out, I just bought a new car, I paid cash for it. It was one of her dream cars. She didn't want a Ferrari. She didn't want a Lamborghini or Rolls Royce. She didn't want that, That's right? My mom, yeah. my mom was like, I, I love Subaru Foresters and living in Boston, it's a good car for up there for, especially for what my mom wanted. So I went, bought, you know, gave that solution, bought her a brand new car, surprised her. Um, and still to this day, I try to help my mom out as much as I can while still letting my mom, you know, even for nine years, I, I tried to also put my mom in a situation, not just trying to provide for her, right? But in the sense of trying to put her on my entrepreneur journey, I wanted her to not only see it, but I wanted to try to involve her. Like, hey, look, you know, I can do this. You can do it. I can try to, you know, give you the steps and do things that I've been doing and whatnot. And of course, my mom didn't take the actions to do it right but because it was foreign to her too so right. i don't i'm not mad at her for that but you know I, me and her still talk um and everything seems i would say better i think she is happy that you know what i'm doing for me and my family right i think she's she's uh she's always telling me like how uh what's what's the word like basically congratulate me yeah. for being a good provider for me and my family and trying to do what i can to you know for them and you should be congratulated now Automation empire. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Okay. So here you are, surrounding yourself with the right people, the right ideas, trying to figure it out, but it's still hard. Absolutely. Right? You're not making, you know, six months into it, you're not making a ton of money. You're figuring it out. You're making mistakes. Sometimes you want to quit. Sometimes you don't. Absolutely. Where's the turning point where you realize, okay, and maybe you could describe what automation empire Correct. is by telling the story yeah. of how you got exposed to it and what you do today. Okay, so first when I got started as an entrepreneur, I, I discovered uh, CPA marketing, cost per acquisition, right? Uh, basically driving traffic to offers, trying to make money, kind of like a glorified affiliate, right? Yeah. Um, shortly, four or five months later, I was exposed to a multi-level marketing company, Empower Network. I don't know if you know that company. Yeah, I do. It's not around anymore, but I got involved in that and you know, I invested money, I took out loans, I bought all their services and packages. and. To be honest, I had success for about 18, 20 months before things got complicated within the company. And then I got out um, and it still felt like a job, though, to me, because now I was dependent on a downline and people to do this. And that just felt like I had a boss. Right. And then I stumbled across dropshipping back in 2014. And I didn't start with Amazon. I started with eBay. Once I discovered that model, I took that that knowledge and tried to apply most of it that I can on Amazon. So automation empire. When I first started doing Amazon, I did it for about a year and some change, had some success. But like I said, there was a lot of times where I just wanted to quit. It was frustrating. Amazon kept changing things every five freaking minutes. So at least that's what it felt like. Yeah. And But I stuck with it. And before you know it, I was able to hire people to run the store for me, freelance, virtual assistants. Did that for a while. It opened up my availability now. Now I started coaching people one-on-one, -on -one, not even running stores for them, but teaching them how to do it from A to Z, setting up the store, finding products, list of products, shipping them out, how to handle claims, how to everything. And I did that for a couple of years, speed up to 2017. And when you're helping people, that's not scalable. So what kind, of, what kind of money range ballpark? What, was I do? making? Yeah. Back then, uh, there was times where I was making maybe like 30, 30K a month, 40K, yep. but I was Good working, money. I was, yeah, I was working a lot. Yeah. Um, Did that feel like a job as well? Yeah, yeah. Because I was literally committed to 
doing trainings once or twice a week at least and having 30, 40, 50 people on, if not more, to watch, answer questions, and like a webinar type of deal. Yeah. Mid-2017, I realized a lot of people took the knowledge that I gave them, and some of them went out and bought new cars because they were making money from what I taught them, which was great. But there's a lot of people who bought my training that did nothing. They just paid and they got maybe a training or two and then they just, I don't want to do it. Or they got lazy, whatever, because yeah. it takes work. And then 2017, I realized I still have someone running my stores for me, plural, my own stores. So I was like, what if I can apply this same business model and create a system similar to property management? Property management, you hire people to collect the rent, handle the work, handle the repairs. So why can't I take that same concept and apply it to Amazon. So 2017 mid, I opened it up to the public, not to the public, but to privately to my uh, students. 2018, I went public with it. And since then, we have almost a thousand plus clients, about about a thousand clients, should I say. And we run stores doing drop shipping on Amazon on behalf of clients to create pretty much a passive income. So again, similar to property management. Um, it's really foreign to some people who say like, how is that possible? How can you create, how can people just earn money without really doing anything? And that's where obviously the property management comes into play is that if you can get people to run your own stores, if you put the right systems and the right team and the right stuff in play, you can run stores for other people. Um, so that's what we've been doing ever since. And it's, well, it's been about three and a half years now, give or take. I've had uh, my first event a little over six months ago in Miami. We're actually hosting another one actually tomorrow. So when I fly back, we'll have another event with 100 plus people that are showing up, which that was like the capacity that we could have. But it's been really great to see the people that have come in that have seen the changes and the growth of my service throughout the years and the results that a lot of my clients are getting. Some clients are happy with starting off with, you know, a grand to two grand a month, not doing anything, just the initial setup on the LLC, the business, getting tax exempt. Once they do that, me and my team handle all the rest of the work for them. Pretty simple. I mean, it of keeps... course, it has its challenges, just like anything else. Because Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon is fickle. Yeah. You know? So, and, and what other risks are involved? You know, so people pay you to set it up. You get a percentage of the profits mm -hmm. uh, for managing it. It's like Correct. a property manager. Correct. What are the risks involved? So some of the biggest risk is that, and people hate hearing it, but I do a lot of lives with my clients. Like I fly out to them. We show their revenue, their profit. If they have a bookkeeper, did they have any issues? And I want them to be as unbiased as possible because I don't want to sell like a, not like a franchise in a box, but like a get rich scheme. I want people to understand that this this is a high ticket business, but it also has a lot of rewards, a lot of pros, a lot of cons. One of the downsides is that Amazon, because they want you to keep like a perfect system, like their metrics, late shipments, A to Z claims, yeah. some negative feedback, some things that you just can't even control. Competitors could report you to an angry customer on Amazon could just be mad. And one ding, depending on how many orders you have, could hurt your account you can get suspended on Amazon now. So that means they won't let you sell. We can appeal it. We can get the store back. But in the comparison on what I tell people is that it's like the stock market. The stock market goes up and down. Same thing with cryptocurrency, right? And if you own real estate, sometimes your tenants don't pay their rent and you still have to come out of pocket to pay that. So being suspended on Amazon, it's not the end of the world. We get stores out if they go into suspension or whatever the case may be. But that is one of the downsides. People hate hearing that, 
but if I'm being transparent, I o- like I always normally am. It's it's just to make sure that people know going into this from watching my videos to reading the contract to know what to expect, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, because last thing I want to do is sell something to someone on my marketing team or whatever, and they say, oh, I didn't know that, or oh, I didn't watch your videos, and I want to just be as transparent as we can be, set the expectation. And people that come to this event that sold out, uh, do they pay to come to the event? No. So you're educating them at the event to see who might be interested in creating well, a store. the people actually at the event, is, it's more like a client appreciation. So oh, it's, okay. it's clients of mine, but they're more than welcome to bring their spouse, uh, people who might be interested in the service or whatnot. Usually it's just clients, but they get to hear the news, the updates, what we're doing and everything like that. Again, more like an appreciation just to show like I'm paying this out of my own pocket so that you guys can come here and we can network, we can talk, we can mastermind and you know keep figuring out how to get to the next levels. So speaking of which, last question, you always have such a great open mind. You know, and I can see that you're yeah. a very abundant person. You want to help people and make you know, my motto, make a lot of money, help a lot of people. Absolutely. Have a lot of fun. Absolutely. That's why you and I are aligned. What's next? You think what, what's the next thing? You know, I, as you know, we went from drop shipping to the automation empire in, you know, these stores. What do you think the big next thing that you'll be teaching is? Or running any other services. We have some other platforms that we want to eventually incorporate, like Walmart automation, Facebook mm-hmm. automation. There are other things that we have. But for the last eight, nine months, like the team that I was using from 2015 to run my stores, they were in Bangladesh. So they were, they, they've done a great job. We've had great results. The biggest problem that I had with them was we had no control because they were not employees. So when you have no employees, you don't have as much control. So the last eight, nine months, I had a connection with a guy in Bogota, Colombia, uh, back in 2016. I stayed in touch. And because of that, to this day, we eight, nine months ago, we started establishing a company in Bogota, Colombia. So now instead we shifted from having virtual assistants to now actually in-house employees. They wear my shirts, the pens, the laptops. I actually own the building. I own the office. Um, so we are just trying to set up the infrastructure so that one, we again, have more control and two, that we're setting up for any other e-commerce platform that we eventually want to potentially run on behalf of our clients. Um, I do other things as well. I own a crypto, uh, cryotherapy business as well. So I'm big on that. I work out quite a bit. I'm invested heavily in cryptocurrency, uh, have quite a bit of money in real estate as well. So I like to diverse my portfolio. And like you said, make money, have fun, help others. Uh, the best way I tell people is, you know, a doctor took an oath to help people, but he still wants to get paid for his time, right? Yep. It's the same thing with my service, um, that even though I can just do this without clients, it's nice to be able to still help clients and be able to put money in their pocket because when COVID hit last year, if anything, my business got bigger and bigger because now more more people were shopping online and we got to help more clients. More clients were quit losing their jobs and stuff like that, and they were already a client. And because of the income that they were making with my service, they basically were able to now still be able to provide, pay their bills and do the stuff that they need to do with their family. Yeah, you are giving in a variety of different ways. And you know, that's where the paradigm shift for myself happened, right? I used to think I would have to give to get. Yeah. And I actually get so I can give. And the more that we receive, the more we're able to help other Absolutely. people. And you're doing such a great job by being in the 
forefront of not just the technology, but also in commerce. Yeah. You know, it's to me, uh, understanding automation empire is the cutting edge of commerce to empower people that have literally nothing that can make millions and millions of dollars with your help, your situational knowledge, and your partnership. Of course. Appreciate everything that you do. Tommy Rodriguez, CEO, founder of Automation Empire. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.